Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. I'm getting an update from Nevada King Gold, traded on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol NKG, and on the OTCQX under the symbol NKGFF. I am chatting with the CEO, Colin Cattell. Now, Nevada King Gold focused in Nevada. It is Nevada's third largest claim holder. The company has a number of projects in its portfolio. We are going to be focusing on the Atlanta gold mine project. Now, I do want to direct everybody to our initial interview back in more of the middle of December where I introduced this company. Colin and I went through the projects as well as a big focus on this Atlanta gold mine project. Colin, look, the, the company has come out with a lot of drill results in that time. Pretty much every week you are issuing news. A lot of those news releases focused on drilling. Now, you have just passed the 76,000 meters of drilling in this phase two program. I do want to start off with more of a big picture view here of the different zones that the company has drilled. Throughout the last few news releases, We've had three or four different names of zones. Can you please just simplify the main zones that the company has drilled and is drilling currently? Yeah, Corey, thanks for having me on. That's a great place to start. The mining that took place at Atlanta occurred along what we call the Atlanta Mine Fault Zone. We sometimes shorten that to AMFZ. And then parallel to the AMFZ is what we call the West Atlanta Grobin Zone, or sometimes shortened to WAGZ. Those are the two primary zones or areas where the majority of the drilling has occurred. And they essentially run north-south about five, 600 meters. And they're both, depending on which area of the pit or north of the pit you're drilling into them, they're anywhere from 100 to 150 meters wide, a little bit more than that in certain places. We've also done a good amount of drilling into what we call the north extension target, and the north extension target is immediately north of both the Atlanta Mine Fault Zone and the West Atlanta Grobin Zone. So with that in mind, if you go back and look at some of the plan maps, we have those kind of highlighted in specific polygons. And you can see the three areas that are referenced. We've also done some drilling to the south, moving into the South Quartzite Ridge. And that's just the area immediately south of the Atlanta Mine Fault Zone, the, the West Atlanta Grobin Zone. All right, thanks for breaking that down. Let's now talk about drill spacing. So the distance between a lot of these drill holes. As we can see in any of the figures that you put in the news releases, the company has drilled a lot of holes here, especially in some of these jewelry box zones. Looks like the spacings are very tight. So what can you tell us about general drill spacings in some of the more drilled out areas? Spacing is tight anywhere from eight, nine meters up to 15 to 20 meters. Stepping back for just a second, the basis for these jewelry boxes is the new geological model that we've been drilling off of since 2021. And this new geologic model essentially foresaw several high angle faults or feeder structures that cut up at a high angle and feed the mineralized beds that host the gold mineralization that we're drilling in Atlanta. And if you happen to drill very close to one of these feeder structures, you tend to get higher grade, both gold and at certain in certain areas of the deposit, high, very high silver grades as well. 
as you go further away from these structures or in between them, the grade tends to drop off. Still very nice grade, but where you're finding the higher grade mineralization tends to be close to those feeder structures. There's also some east-west cutting feeder structures that cross-cut the mostly north-south feeder structures across the deposit. And where those intersections happen can also provide some really spectacular intercepts. When we talk about jewelry boxes, we hit the first one back in October, and that was the hole that was something like 11 grams per ton over 108 meters. So the best hole that's ever been drilled at Atlanta, probably the best hole drilled in Nevada for the year. And that was up in the West Atlanta Grobman zone along uh, the West Atlanta fault number one right at the intersection of that fault and the what we call North Fault. Then about a month later in November, we hit another jewelry box, which is in the Atlanta Mine Fault Zone along the West Atlanta Fault, actually between the West Atlanta Fault and the Atlanta King Fault. And that intercept was roughly 80 meters of six and a half grams per ton gold with a higher grade intercept within that. And so at that point, we put we put out a map called the multiple jewelry box model. And in that map, what we've done is we've taken either holes drilled by Nevada King, of which we've drilled about 350 holes now, and historical holes, of which there's maybe about 100 from past operators like Kinross and Goldfields. And we've mapped occurrences where a threshold of grade and intersect thickness have been hit where we can identify it as very high grade. And what you see, and this is in the presentation about midway through, is there's multiple instances throughout the deposit area where these areas light up. And most of them are single drill hole anomalies. So in the past, if they had been drilled, they might have been characterized as, hmm, that doesn't add up, or nobody went back to follow up on them. What we've gone ahead and done, and you can see the success of this in the latest drill results that we just put out, is we've gone back to those areas and we started drilling tightly around them so that we could, one, more thoroughly prove the model to understand essentially how the gold mineralization formed at Atlanta. But also when it comes time for resource estimation, if you have a single point anomaly into very high grade, surrounded by holes that are good grade but much lower, you're not going to get much credit in your resource estimation for what is potentially a very valuable what we call jewelry box of mineralization. So that's why you'll see in the latest release, we followed up on that hole that was initially 80 meters of about six and a half grams. We hit 70 meters of 6.9 grams and 66 meters, I think, of four and a half grams. And now we've started to put together a, a cross section to show what is this very high grade plume look like? And then how can we use that knowledge to go back to these other areas and new areas and better identify other areas of elevated high grade. So when it comes to some of these jewelry boxes, then any idea that you can give us on size of them? We're not sure yet. Uh, what we do know now is a bit more about the jewelry box that's in that Atlanta mine fault zone. And we were pretty open in the release discussing the scale of it. We modeled it up on a cross section. So it's a fairly discreet plume. I think we have kind of plotted it at, at 40 to 50 meters long, uh, but pretty narrow and tight, maybe 10 meters on each side of the fault. And there's kind of a tail on it, and then it kind of shoots up along 
the structure and and folds out so it's it, i'm sure you'll put a cross section up to so people can refer to it but what we do think is when we're going out into the west atlantic robin zone where we tend to have much thicker beds of mineralization out in the west atlantic robin zone we've had intercepts that are over 150 meters thick true thick uh, true estimated thickness of mineralization and we have hit jewelry box type intercepts in fact that very very high grade one we hit 108 meters of 11 grams that's where we see the most potential to get a better size jewelry box with a few more holes in it. And hopefully next time we talk, uh, we can have a bit more of an intelligent conversation from my side on trying to point investors as to what that looks like. Okay, now let's step back from the more detailed questions on tightness of spacing and just how big the jewelry boxes are. What about extension drilling? How much has that been a focus of this phase two program? It's been a pretty big focus of it. The resource that we stepped into when we picked Atlanta up, which is still the resource, the 43101 resource that is last published on Atlanta, has roughly 400,000 ounces measured and indicated and about 160,000 ounces inferred. And that was mostly contained within the Atlanta mine fault zone a little bit of it would have creeped into the West Atlanta Grobin zone. But historic operators did not think that there was potential at the depth that the mineralization was known in the West Atlanta Grobin zone to find thick enough beds of mineralization to potentially justify drilling it uh, for at least an open pit scenario. And I think we really changed the perception on that when we started to walk our drilling into the West Atlanta Grobin zone. This was mostly last year and start to hit these really thick beds. So yes, you're going down sometimes 100 or even 150 meters of overburden to get to the mineralization. But then you can hit beds that are anywhere from 75 meters up to 175 meters thick of strong gold mineralization that is oxide gold. So that really opens up the potential for the project to have more significant scale. I I bring all that up to say on the maps, we show the mineralized footprint of the existing resource and it can give the misperception that a lot of the areas that we've been drilling are already included in the resource, but they're not because a lot of those holes were angle holes angling back to the Atlanta mine fault zone. So a lot of the existing resource is covering the Atlanta mine fault zone Little of it is covering the deeper but thicker beds of mineralization in the West Atlantic Robin zone. Up at the north extension target, that is completely outside of the purview of the existing resource. So we've put about 50 holes into that. We had a release in January of this year where we put out another 15 or 20 holes. And we're seeing good continuity across an area that's about 350 meters by 250 meters that we think we're going to be able to connect back into mineralization in the West Atlanta Grobin zone. So we're working on that. Uh, We've also been stepping out to the south, and we had some very nice intercepts from that in 2023 last year. We essentially have taken drilling further south than any of the past historical drilling has, and we see that leading into an area called the South Quartzite Ridge Target. And the South Quartzite Ridge Target is really interesting for us. When you're at Atlanta, and if you're at the resource zone, the South Quartzite Ridge is a ridge. So it's a feature that sticks up 
a couple hundred feet. It's fairly steep. Nobody has dragged a drill rig up to the top of it. There are roads partially up to it, but nobody's gone ahead and contoured roads at the top of that ridge to be able to drill down. And we do see mineralization from our drilling leading straight to that ridge. And there's about a, a kilometer and a half from the resource zone down the South Quartzite Ridge that's never been drilled. There's a couple intercepts that have historically been drilled about a kilometer and a half south that hit some anomalous mineralization, some mineralization where there was over a gram per ton in these drill holes and everything in between there has never been drilled. And so we look at that as a blue sky potential. And that's certainly something that now that we're in 2024, we're working towards trying to get up there and drill. So a lot going on. Uh, We've certainly been focused on expanding, but methodically uh, we're really trying to figure this system out. It is complicated We've been very vocal. Cal has been very descriptive. If you read through the releases starting back in 2021 to today. Oh, and I find this very interesting because, look, you you have done a lot of drilling at this project. Some people say a lot of drilling just in a tight area. But it sounds like big picture here that you're almost looking to tie all these different zones. And I will post figure one from the recent news release that shows number of these different zones into one overall system. Is that a big picture strategy? That is. And and we think that the Atlanta system, which we have staked the entire Atlanta caldera is about six kilometers in diameter, that there's opportunities to find additional, or if you want to call them satellite zones around that caldera, that is an ambition we have. And so whether we end up with a situation ultimately of a string of pearls, or if we end up with the Atlanta deposit itself growing by incorporating these close zones, only the future success of our drilling campaign will be able to tell that. But we think that there's a system here that has the potential on a district scale to deliver. And I think that the detailed drilling that we've done in and around Atlanta has probably given us the knowledge to then apply to the wider caldera system to have the best chance of unlocking an additional discovery, which is something we're very, very focused on right now. All right. Well, Colin, uh, there's a lot of drill results. Uh, It sounds like still to come anyway, so I will try to get you back on a bit more regularly to cover those. One more question from that introduction interview back in December focused on metallurgy. Now, you mentioned the importance of metallurgy. I've had a couple emails that were asking, what about metallurgy on this project? I think some people are referring to some historic work here, but when it comes to the work you're doing into this metallurgy, do we simply just wait to see what recoveries are in future news releases, or is there anything else we can look out for? We have a brilliant gentleman by the name of Gary Simmons, who's leading up our metallurgical test work program. And he's been working on this for the past 18 months. We've produced quite a few core holes so that he's had proper and representative metallurgical test test samples that represent the various zones and lithologies, of which there are quite a few at Atlanta, and to get a full grasp and ultimately be able to figure out potential economic recoveries and processes. And I actually just spoke with him in the last couple of hours. We're very close now on getting, let's call it the phase one 
metallurgical test work back. And I would expect here in the next few weeks, so sometime by the end of March, certainly, we're going to have a press release to the market that's going to detail the work that we've done to date. Metallurgy is so important. We know a couple things at Atlanta. We know there's gold there. Uh, we, we have a resource that's already in place and we've drilled past that. So we have good reason to think that that resource could potentially expand. We'll see as we go to formalize one. We know that the grade at Atlanta is good. Um, it's, it's strong compared to its peers. It's unusual to get a uh, uh, primarily oxide resource that's running over a gram and our existing resource on the measured and indicated category is 1.3 grams we think there's room to improve that but to bring everything together into a potential economic scenario you're going to need to understand what does it take to recover the gold and can it be done in a way that yields profit at the end of the day and so those are the big questions looming for ourselves and for investors uh, and we, we are looking forward to getting that out into the market here in the next few weeks. Okay, Colin, thank you for this update. Everyone listening, if you have any follow-up questions, please keep them coming. Email me at fleck at kereport.com. I'll get Colin to address those. And Colin, please keep me up to date on future news. Corey, always a pleasure. Thank you.